Hey friends, just wanted to jump on here and say there's a bit of a content warning for this week's episode and if you'd rather not listen to a segment about the bizarre intersection of art and medical violence against women's bodies, then I'd skip through to just before the 26 minute mark where we switch to the next segment. Stay well, we love you. All right, ready? Yeah, I reckon. Welcome to the Art Lust Podcast, where we make art accessible. Mm. I'm Seema. And I'm Sophie. And you know what we love? We love getting your emails mm. and getting your reviews and hearing from you in general. And you could do that and support us dollars free by reaching out <laughs> at allartlustpodcast at gmail.com or following our TikTok art lust underscore podcast and commenting we talk about them we know them we love them um and most importantly i feel like the best thing you can do if you kind of like us you know like like us a little even tell a friend tell Mm, a friend mm -hmm. you heard an episode oh my god i heard this on the art lust podcast yes they have a podcast no way yeah those two creators that i've been following independently have been teaming up behind the scenes to create informative and interesting content yeah oh my god tell a friend tell a friend yeah and a friend, getting, tell a friend guys we're, we're growing slowly but surely especially now That's our right. video content is starting to spread out there a yeah. little bit um i'm super excited our listener rate is going up our That's subscriber right. rate is going up That's right. That's right. That's right. And now we have switched a little bit and we hope that that increases our subscribers. For mm. those of you who are like, but I miss all that freeform cuckooness. <laughs> Don't worry. If you join Patreon, that freeform cuckooness remains. We you get it as a free. You get it as you can get it as part of our releases for Patreon people. But That's a good idea. Yeah, but, we're just changing all our content structure, I guess. We are. We're just changing it up. But we're hoping that this makes it so it's accessible to a wider group of people. And so we do two segments every time. And one, mm-hmm. the first one, is more content-driven and researched. And um, the second one is more freeform and more mm-hmm. about pop culture or things we've seen on TikTok or articles that we've read. So it's a you little know, bit more. our second home. Our second home. Our second home. <laughs> so... Today's topic is hot mm-hmm. ladies. Is that what today's topic is? Oh, don't say that. <laughs> you mean cold ladies? <laughs> That's why. <what I> said. <laughs> so, what's today's topic, Sophie? <laughs> great, great setup. Uh, <laughs> um, I feel kind of bad for laughing. Um, okay. So today's topic you know is. <laughs> I gotta say, somebody told me yesterday, tragedy is. Um, tra- humor is tragedy times time. Oh yeah, plus time. Yeah. yeah. So that's why you can yes. laugh at terrible things because that's a very human response, and we are humans. It turns out it's true. It's true. Um, I also think it's like quite a normal thing when you're like recounting trauma to just start laughing. So you know, if mm-hmm. you've done that before, don't worry, mm-hmm. gang, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um. So t- today's episode is kind of uh. I think actually also quite topical considering some of the content that I've seen um, on TikTok in the last few months. And it's the anatomical Venus, which is a real part of history and saw a lot of uh, extraordinarily lifelike and extraordinarily sexy and sexily posed uh 
anatomically correct women mm-hmm. uh, that were kind of like part art, part anatomical study, part sculpture. And so before we talk about that, who's Venus? That's a really great question. I'm, I'm assuming, and I want your opinion on this one. <laughs> <laughs> we are human and we phone a friend. So like the Well, I was going to say, Venus, I'm assuming it's a reference to like what is. was happening in art at the time because this it was is. around like 17 something. It is. <laughs> it is. It's all about art in the end. Yes. <laughs> well, because, um, you know, uh, this was anatomical stuff and medical studies were conducted by wealthy people wealthy people also had access to art well i think it's very interesting is that now we have such a split between art and science but i think mm-hmm. in the 1700s and during the age of enlightenment they were both seen as actually very similar right because they yeah. were ways of understanding the world and, and i see like them as much philosophy. closer exactly exactly they were all about meaning making i mean i think so much of like literature all of those things were much closer together and somebody wouldn't you know now we see like are you into art or are you into science mm, what they would mm-hmm. have said is they would have thought of themselves as being into learning right? are you so a like, man do you love knowledge yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> the information can you imagine the infomercial for the enlightenment oh my oh, god fuck <laughs> off the interdimensional cable for that would be off the chain so and i think that you know the the idea of venus um of course, is a historic one, Aphrodite and Venus. Mm-hmm. And I th- I do think it's so interesting because I often look at historic sculptures of Venus. Um, and I, I'm not talking about the Venus of Ollendorf because those are f- fake Venus, right? Mm-hmm. Because Venus is actually a religious person, a person, being, I guess, a mm-hmm. uh, goddess from the Roman yeah. era, entity. Aphrodite from the Greek era, entity, being, Um and then uh, scholars, like from the Enlightenment and on, started mm-hmm. naming any body, any body like Astarte or any other body, as Venus because they mm-hmm. understood it through that framework. And that's because the Enlightenment comes out of the Renaissance, and yes. the Renaissance wanted to be a rebirth of Roman ideals. There we go. See, I could never have put it so succinctly, and this is why we have you here. <laughs> but I do think it's interesting because. What I find fascinating is that Venus, um, in some ways, wasn't, she was like the ideal woman, but like kind of not, right? Like she Mm. was just, she was a goddess. Yeah. It's unattainable ideal woman. And so that they thought of these anatomical figures as this unattainable. So like they're doing science about real humans likening them to the unattainable so who, mm. what were these figures they're models of naked women mostly that have more often than not real human hair which i find kind of disturbing and unnecessary um and they're these layered like you know when you're you know you go to a doctor's office and you're in the waiting room or you're in you know, their office and they have those models that you can kind of pull apart and see Mm -hmm. how the different pieces are connected. Mm -hmm. It's like a life-size version of that. And these models also more often than not had uh, tiny babies in their uterus Mm -hmm. and they were often Mm -hmm. pregnant, which I think is like another really interesting, uh, like in terms of thinking about like, you know, the ideal woman, and what that looks like in this representation. The fact that she's always, you know, 
a reproductive unit, I think, mm -hmm. says a lot mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure the ones that you're talking about in regular in doctors' offices and in school classrooms and stuff come from this. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that the tradition goes straight through. So I will say that I don't know if they were um, made out of paper mache. The ones that I have no. seen, the Met has one. The Welcome has one. Are has they wax? one. Yeah, they're yeah. they're a wood or wood face with wax yeah. to look human. Um, uh, but you have to think also, it's really important so to note creepy. that artists were working in wax yes. very regularly at the time. Yes. So that they would have been sculpting, like you could have the same person making a wax human to be, I don't know, uh, Venus for a man's studiolo. Like this is also mm -hmm. the period where men were buying pictures of nudie, nudie, pa nudie paintings you know, like a Venus, basically, for their their rooms that they would put yeah. behind curtains. Ugh. Yeah, it's like crazy to think, right? And then, I mean, in the 1700s, you would classically have these like women, you know, images of harlots. Yeah, the procurus, yeah. if you were Dutch, let's say, mm -hmm. but the procurus <laughs> is um the way that they described a madam. And then, um, and then you would have you could also be into science and looking at these naked insides of women, perfect women. Mm -hmm. Perfect, pregnant, like laid out in a sexy position for your consumption. I mean, it's sort of like it's like it's like a different kind of peep show. Well, this okay. So one of mm, so on TikTok, and this is where I want to kind of bring it round uh, yeah. to some of the content that I've been seeing. We are now, I think, kind of discovering that necrophilia is common practice amongst men who work in. Uh, oh, it seems having a visceral reaction. Oh, that's gross. That's I gross. know, it's disgusting. Um, so gross. Yeah. But it's like, uh, unfortunately, part of the industry. So it makes me think about there's that um, creator named Mel Hamlet who's a writer. I don't know if you follow them. Um, they do a lot of, they, do, they did a, they made, they wrote something that went viral about men. In let's say Vanity Fair, I'm very much mischaracterizing their literate their um, mm. written output. But there was some article about men that pissed off men, and so Mel Hamlet, um, I think on TikTok, kind of came to fame for talking about how the reason that women don't have hobbies or men perceive women as not having hobbies is that women's hobbies have to f fit into the lives of men. Mm -hmm. and so um and then men got really angry and then um and mel does really great videos about patriarchy um and pop culture and how um you know basically that men that women shouldn't we need to decenter men that's basically mel's whole platform but one yeah. of the things that the um mel often talks about is that women are seen as objects to men mm -hmm. um but mel um and what makes me think about this sort of these anatomical Venus is that that in this period you had men in the 1700s basically collecting images of a full-figured Venus like the Venus mm -hmm. of Urbino or mm -hmm. uh, the Procurus or you know like you're buying a picture of a living Venus you're going to have an anatomical Venus in your house yeah um, but it's this idea that both of them actually don't have a whole woman right they're yeah. both like part of a woman and they're they're basically objectifying her for whatever purpose you've decided to slaughter into. Mm -hmm. And this idea of necrophilia even highlights that women are just objects, right? They're just objects too. Yeah. 
well to have power over i think yeah yeah but it's also this idea i remember a guy i knew in college um somebody we knew had committed um no had died by suicide and um because they had been raped and i remember Mm -hmm. saying well that you know in high school because i went to a girl's high school they very regularly talk to us about how it's not your fault that it is a power Mm. trip it's not about sex you know like Mm. that kind of thing and um and i remember saying like and he was like no it's obviously just like he was horny and i was like oh no oh no 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 No. i don't know where that guy's ended up in this i don't know i don't know i don't know how that guy's turned out i don't know it's hard to say it's hard to say how that guy turned out um but i don't think he was like any other i think he was probably like every other i don't think he was it just happened we were talking about it i'm sure most guys at 18 think that or a lot of guys especially guys who aren't if you're not confronted with it because you're not it's not something that matters like you're not spending your life unlike women who are trying really hard not to get raped right i was like in the city we were visiting and i was saying to a friend of mine from work oh and they said oh like so only girls recognize you on the street and i was like well i don't know maybe guys did but i sure didn't look any guy in the eye Mm-mm. and he was like he was like what i was like what you're like on the streets of new york looking straight guys in the eye and he's like well if you catch their eye i was like i'm never catching their eye why why would i why <laughs> what, what am i looking at straight men on the street i'm not even looking at gay men frankly like you don't know how do i know i'm not looking at men on the street in new york and he was like you're not looking at people in the eye i was like no i am trying not to be a victim and he was like what i was like are you kidding me and he was like, and he was like, you mean you're serious? And I was like, I am serious. Like, Bro. I gotta get somewhere. I don't want to die today. Bro. And he was like, and I was like, I was like, every woman spends their life outdoors trying not to be a victim. Fuck. Oh, I right? just like, can't imagine taught, like, living. I just can't imagine living without an awareness. It's it's amazing. Like even just the other night, I was you know, and you know, Cleveland must be. I think of Cleveland nice. as. I I know Cleveland well. I think mm-hmm. Cleveland is safe. I know that Cleveland has a lot of violence, but like I, Everyone I does. grew up here, right? Every place yeah. does. And I grew up here, and I know it, and I know the side streets, and I don't feel particularly unsafe. But I mm-hmm. um, have to say, I remember, and I always thought this at school. At school, they taught us when we learned to drive that you should have your keys ready, so when you get out and lock the car, you can walk away. Yeah. But I had dropped my keys were at the bottom of my purse and I couldn't find it. And I was like, well, I'd rather live than have my car. If my car gets stolen, it gets stolen because I was in Mm. the dark and I was with a friend. and I was like, we're going to go. The car can get (laughs) stolen. And it was it wasn't that Cleveland is so unsafe. So I'm saying I wanted to start that way because I don't want people to think Cleveland's unsafe. It's not. Mm. It's just that I would do that in any dark place. Yeah, because we are taught as women. We are just objects to be killed. <laughs> you just and you just have to be like on high alert all the time. But I do think, you know, to go back to this topic about the anatomical Venus, I think these sculptures are fascinating because they cost a lot, mm-hmm. right? That you would basically be the same person who bought an expensive painting, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but <sighs> it is all within the same society of violence we live in because I think they're also incredibly violent. There is not the it's not like people were also buying anatomical Artemis. <laughs> who would be the boy version? Mars? Like, it's funny. Like, I can't even think who the boy version would be. Zeus? Like, <laughs> who's the boy? Bi- <laughs> like, the, the concept of it itself actually sounds really silly. Yeah. <laughs> which is like, says so much, so much. Like, anatomical Zeus. It just sounds, it just doesn't sound... <laughs> 
I can't even like conceptualize who the boy version would be. It's just like I can't even. I can't even. There's no GI Joe. There's no GI Joe to Barbie on this situation. Yeah, there isn't. And I think that the the violence. Maybe David, like a statue of David, but that's like. So this is a great. This is good. Like Anna, there would never be anatomical David, and that's like a perfect example because Mm -hmm. David is always seen as a whole, Mm -hmm. right? Like. Goliath, it's interesting to me because I always think about this. Goliath is very rarely there. Now, I have taught about David hmm. and Goliath, and I've taught with many, many different depictions of David and Goliath. And I, you know, I think when you teach art history or you work in like a museum, you often go through the same, you use the same story to depict it, to show how it's depicted differently. Like Adam and Eve is a great one. I, I was at a show recently that was from a collection that I used to teach. And so I was able like I was standing with family and I was like oh yeah this one has this and they're like how'd you know that I was like because I've like looked at this a million yeah, times yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I know this one like I could probably draw it if I was had my eyes closed and um but you do that because the differences are hi- highlights the art movement right like mm-hmm. like Adam and Eve they have it's this in that case like is the snake there is the apple there is it implied right those mm-hmm. are things like that and to me what's in thing something about the like the depictions of the anatomical Venus she is in parts. She is literally in parts. She's broken. Seriously, yeah. She's cut up. But like David, she's in pieces. She's in pieces. Yeah. Um. But David, it's interesting because he is the stand-in for male. This the strength of um, the Jewish people on some level, or for mm-hmm. I think Christians, this idea of this like man, this man who beats the odds, right? For a lot yeah. of Christians, I think it's this idea, this sort of persecution complex, right? That like. We like and like for a lot of Christians, a lot of the stories from what is the Torah are like this idea of um, we like almost because they're often called what are they called? Um, the prophets, right? They think of mm. them as the prophets prophetical of Christianity. They think the mm-hmm. whole Torah is prophetical of Christianity. But like David is this himself. You don't need the Goliath. You have yeah. the whole story by him. Yeah. Yeah. So you, he is he that so like he is a being and an individual, but a whole. Like he can't. He's indivisible mm. in some mm. level. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of these male stories that we have in history are indivisible. Yeah, which is why it's so fascinating that they were like, but we would cut up a woman. <laughs> <laughs> she is divisible. Divide that chick. I just, I also just find it interesting when, like, you know, it's an why in this idea of like wanting to understand everything when men are representation of humanity why would you want to explore women's bodies like that yeah. like why yes like, yes why that is so why is true. that i hadn't thought of that well because you know when it was so kind of like you know patriarch like patriarch yeah. oriented why was it seen the pinnacle of understanding and the pinnacle of knowledge and it's like almost like <laughs> Is it because it's almost like an admission that women are like the basis of humanity, and like in some ways, it's I find well, it. Well, I also think it's that I think it's the opposite. I think it's like they are so mysterious, and oh, we yeah. use them for the vessel of our sons. Both. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I think it could be both. Right, two yeah. things can be true. Yeah, I think that We're it is also that how are these miraculous beings producing our sons and also girls. <laughs> 
Also, more future mothers. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's a good point. Good point. Thank God. Thank God we have more mothers coming. Oh, um, but I also wanted to point out one last thing about bef- before the segments, but about <laughs> the anatomical Venus. To me, what really strikes me that's so different from the ones that you see in hospital in in doctor's offices and classrooms and stuff is that they never are a whole corpse yes it's like a whole being but not even just like what's dead usually on the it's plinth. like you're, you're in a specialist's kind of space yeah. and they're like oh here's the model of the intestines that's right. i'm a gi doctor blah, that's blah, blah. right that's right instead of is... like some man who has money oh. and a connection probably to the church and the state who has decided that, you know, he wants to understand all things. And clearly the mysteries of the universe lie in like a a fetus in a fake wax corpse. And that's the other thing. Apparently the fetus like sculptures that were in these bodies weren't like anatomically correct. They were like actual tiny babies. Um, Um, Like Jesus's? I don't know, maybe. Oh. Not swaddled, but like oh, oh. um they were fully formed oh. like little children, basically. Oh. Which I also find kind of gross. I do wonder if it's like the basis of where this kind of like uh necrophilia practice kind of might exist within in the masculine psyche oh. out in the world. I do think what's creepy is to me, you started we started here and so let's end here. They look like just regular old sculptures, right? They yeah. have hair. They look yes. like very pretty real natural. human hair, and they're yeah, and they're mo- they're often like in ecstasy. Yeah, yeah. They're that's and I think that's one thing I didn't really make clear enough before is that like the posing that they're in, they're often like they look like you know pre-Raphaelite kind of yeah. paintings of women who are splayed out for consumption, and they look like they're kind of waiting to kind of. You know, be get ta- it. Be taken. Get it from a guy. Get yeah. it good from a guy. <laughs> that was the least masculine. <laughs> I barely could say that. That's so funny. Your kids must be so embarrassed all the time. They are. They are. Perfect. They are. It means you're they doing are. it right. They are. They are. <laughs> oh god. Any other any I think that thoughts? to me, like to the thing I think that is hard is to me, the reason that I think this is very useful as we think about like as we move on to the next segment, and talk about mm. media is that the problem with all conceptions of every every visual that we have on TikTok is that it has a predecessor. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, these creepy wi- like maybe like and this is where I think it's so interesting, like I did a video about man the idea of the word man and in spoken english it is like humanity we put Mm. man as the the genderless yeah and um and so somebody was like well in old english it is you know it is genderless because in old english and i was like yeah but like most people don't know that i do actually happen to know that (laughs) and i would say that um the thing about these anatomical venus sculptures but you know, then they build on historical Venus sculptures. You don't actually need to know about Romans having a thing for Venus. No. But it builds in it. And so it's within these conceptualizations. Mm-hmm. And often we react to them or we change them. So the, the example of man is, yes, that you was gender neutral, but then it became very much gendered. Mm-hmm. 
And so we react to it. But I think Mm -hmm. tracing back these things helps you understand why we've gone to here. So like this idea of like high, high key, like necrophilia. Did you happen to find a statistic? Uh, Google says it's not very common, Uh, but I don't know if I. I feel like one is more than enough. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. I, don't I feel like it's like I feel like once is too many. Yes, they're dead. They're oh. dead. No, what is too many? So, but I think that um, what it should take you to is not just the f- creepy idea that maybe your body will be violated in death, but more importantly, that the your con- our conception, every person's conception, is built on another conception. Mm-hmm. That creepy anatomical Venus is back there somewhere. Mm. What a gross place to end, Seema. Yeah, I'm so sorry for bringing this topic to you all, but I think it's kind of fascinating and fucked up and uh, came out of the pre-Raphaelite episode. So I'm sorry, but you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, There's also a book that you can buy about this if you feel brave enough. Apparently, if you are feminine presenting or a woman uh this author of this guardian article uh says that apparently it makes you feel like you want to protect not just your body but like every single piece of it like you want to protect your kidneys and your organs and all these bits of you feel exposed so the book anatomical venus by joanna ebenstein or ebenstein and it was published in 2017 and i've wanted to get a copy of it since then but have never really found (laughs) the strength to consume it. Um, and that's why we encapsulated it for you here. So, yes. movie god, let's talk about something a little bit lighter. All right, let's do Kim first. Um, she's just so cooked. <laughs> <laughs> so, I gotta say, so you just, just told trying. us all about those creepy guys who like to have cut up women's bodies and how it objectifies women. And now we've moved into- And their philosophical God-given right to depict women in those positions. God-given right. But now let's talk about how in our society, one thing I think is so fascinating is we've shifted to women also sort of playing on this objectification for mm-hmm. financial gain. Mm-hmm. And I bring that up because the second episode, let's second part of this episode, let's talk about good old Kim K and her skims. She's got a new launch of bras. Do you want to describe them for us, Sophie? So these bras are not unlike many things you'd see from skims. They're flesh-toned, they're you know kind of satiny they're kind of a standard almost kind of a plunge bra style they're definitely not a balconette bra uh and it's definitely not i love a that word balconette i know it's great it's like shelf titties mm-hmm. um but uh they do have one defining feature which is that they have artificial nipples on the outside of the cups so that no matter what you're wearing you can always look like you're a little bit cold I did a video about it, and I have to tell you, the puns you can come up with about, because you can't say nipple on TikTok without getting, but the puns you can come up with, and then the puns people put in the comments was awesome. So, I mean, I think to me, one of the things I find fascinating, um, a lot of people replied, and it is true that the 70s, um, 
I think like, you know, late 60s, people are bringing the bras, but in the 70s, they had bras like this. <laughs> you didn't come up with this, right? Like, <laughs> and even okay. in the 20s, there's, you know, conversation, like a lot of women wanted it to be flat because of the dress had to be flat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like, all about having that boy bod. That's right. But boy, but men often, men, I mean, for like, you know, you talk about like the 1700s, even there are mm -hmm. shows, there's images of nipples. Nipple, nipples are very, very exotic for men. Even if they have them. I find it really interesting, the whole nipple thing. Right, That's guys wild. have nipples, right? I know, I know. And yet but they're, they're still so, giant yeah. babies. Um, yeah. I think for me, one of the things that is interesting is that um, to, to me that there, there is an interesting reversal mm. where so many women, I mean, like guys talk about how the patriarchy doesn't exist because women profit off of them, right? That women <laughs> make more on OnlyFans than men you do. You get child support also. Yes, 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 yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so to me, what I think is interesting about these skims is that she is totally playing into male fantasies. Like, I don't know how many women. I, think I mean, people are forget women... that Kim K is quite smart. Like, she's yeah. got a law degree. Well. Kind of. Kind of. Um, Maya always says that. So she, she barely passed the bar. But I do think she's, I mean, and I don't, but I don't think like having a degree proves intelligence. Uh, but like, I think no, Atra does. But right? I, well, I think her yeah. mother is smarter than she is. Obviously. Oh, her mom's, I think her mom is very smart. Genius. Yeah. Fucking yeah. publicity. And I genius. think that, yeah, she is. And I mean, you don't have to like her, but I think she, they're very smart. And I think that what's yeah. interesting is she is leaning into men. I don't think women are wearing this. Are women wearing this to look hot for themselves or look hot for men? See, this is a this is a thing like that I get into with people all the time because like it's and it's such a it's such a gray area, right? Which is like mm -hmm. there is so much of like I don't I, like obviously I'm gay, so I do dress for women, but I also dress like for like fashion mm -hmm. admirers, which yeah. is yeah, yeah, women and some men, I guess. Yeah um but then it's also like but why <laughs> like i also know that like as someone in a larger body that going out into the world and not performing femininity means that i give up some of my social status mm -hmm. and my ability to move mm -hmm. through space mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i think it's both mm -hmm. i think it's mm -hmm. i think it can be both Right. Yeah, I think it can, too. I think it can, too. There is something like I would definitely not say that I do not dress for men. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I do love that. Um, <laughs> so, but I still love the comment. It's still my favorite. One of my favorite comments ever. Whatever. You dress like a 50 year old woman. <laughs> it's like, yeah, mate, you couldn't be more right. <laughs> That's so funny. And then I had a comment the other day. My boyfriend and I love your cardigans. It was a guy. It was a guy, but it was like funny. I was like, <laughs> That's, I love the idea that two gay boys are just like, look at her cardigan. It's cold. I don't know. It was just so funny. But I think it's also because, like, one of the things I find so interesting. Mm -hmm. my platform is i do them at home right so i'm dressed i'm not dressed to go out of the house so if you mm -hmm. saw me on the street i wouldn't be wearing the say that great that red sweater i wear all the time that's literally oh, no. the sweater i wear at home i just yeah. don't think because i'm not and i think there's something so interesting about being creating content for a world that is seeing me in a way that i don't usually show the world 
Well, I was actually thinking just now, I was like, I wonder if our podcast should just be that thing where we're like kind of ratty at home after like, you know, working full time and just be like, oh, fucking art world, eh? Let's have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> we should. Uh, but I think Patreon that my- exclusive. Patreon exclusive. Us drunk. That actually would be a great Patreon exclusive. But I think that that experience in that bar, I was thinking about it because when I was in the city and actually if you see me, sometimes I'll wear, I'll be going out or coming in and so I've had like patterns on and I look mm, more mm, like mm. I perceive myself as projecting to society mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like the other day I was dressed I was dressed in I know I'm always wearing clothing but I was dressed and people are like wow you look so cool today and I was like that's just regular me but my point is and I think this is to go back to the nipples thing mm. my point is that <laughs> we've gone astray but I have a I point for that that when we were in the city in New York and I think you're in places where you see people you you need to project a person in New yeah. York City. You cannot be in. You have to be choosing who you are. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that's very interesting about this is that a lot of times I think people wear bras like I've noticed um, more and more women wear sports bras. Yeah. And I don't know that they need the support. I think sometimes they're also minimizing. They don't want the attention of men looking at their breasts. Oh, it's Especially in like the city, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, as someone who has like a large chest and G cup boobs, yeah. like if I wear anything low cut, anything that is sheer, anything that kind of like shows my chest in any way, I just especially because I'm on the subway all the time. Like it's yeah. just this constantly, yeah. constantly, constantly, just you're being consumed. And you're choosing, you're not choosing it. I think that's the difference. Yeah. We were in that yeah. restaurant and we were looking and people were dressed to be seen. Yes, of course. And I think there's something empowering, like, to pick that they want to look at me. Like, I love yeah. wearing, if I'm wearing, like, actual clothes, I'll wear color, a lot of it, a lot of patterns, yep. often discordant patterns. Because you know what? I'd rather Power decide. Yeah. I would rather decide what you'd look at. Yes. That have you choose. And I think yes. that's where I think this is so smart. I think, yes, you know, Kim, and I think that the thing that I will point out that we are not talking about what she actually says, she's making a joke about climate change. Mm-hmm. And that's all wrong. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. So I think that there's a lot of wrong with her and this, this bra. But I do think the idea that you've decided, I know men are already going to be looking at my tits mm-hmm. and I'm going to put nipples on it. Like there's something yeah. very smart and empowering about that. It's kind of like, well, you know, in the it's kind of like how I think about um, like circus freak culture in the 20s and 30s, yeah. right? Which is like, well, you're going to stare at us yeah. anyway, so we're going to fucking charge you. Yeah, and actually, a lot of people in circus culture in that time showed off their nipples. It was like a big yes, thing. yes, yeah, um, yeah, totally. So, but. <laughs> Sorry, this has made me think of a video I saw the other day of like some white girl who was like, I've recently started wearing like shapeless clothings and I love the fact that like men can't see me. I saw and that video too. All the comments were like, mashallah, sister. It was so funny. They were like, yeah, you've discovered like, like Muslim attire, like good for you. It was so funny. I was just like, yeah, yeah, actually, because I also love a potato sack moment. Like, it's really nice to not feel perceived. Uh, but all the comments were just, just all these girls being like, you made it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that video too. You know, it made me think about one. I love when somebody breaks your brain. Mm-hmm. You know, like where their framework is so different than yours. Yes. 
So I went to a school that was a body positive school. So they didn't mm-hmm. like we could wear like they didn't say how short your skirt had to be. You didn't have mm-hmm. to kneel to show it like you could wear like, you know what I mean? Like it was supposed <sighs> to be about women empowering themselves. And so to me growing up, I remember thinking, oh, like being able to be as expressive in your clothing is female empowerment. And yeah. so I had a friend growing up I had two friends growing up one of whom who had sort of the same take and it really broke my brain one of them was a woman who I went to school with who dressed um I would say like the word would be dowdy uh, there's mm-hmm. no way this person watches listens I haven't to heard the word so dowdy in ages um yeah uh like like sort of like a like 1980s secretary <laughs> so um th- there's no way i know, this person I know immediately <laughs> great visual <laughs> yes right I, there's no way this person listened to my podcast though i think like that person would even say that right mm-hmm. conservative is what they would say yeah but this person when we were in school i knew them in school and then i and um went had a very good friend who was from saudi arabia and so this person had it was one of the few people I knew who was white at the time who had gone to Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. and had to wear burqa when they were there and you know had to, they had a driver because they were women so they couldn't drive and all this stuff and had a mm-hmm. you know chaperone and all this stuff and I said that is just so awful and she said how is it awful I I dress here very conservative because I don't want men looking at me mm. but there I never had to worry about a man looking at me mm-hmm. and then another another friend from high school who um who you know like just grew up like in a very liberal community the same community as me mm. um married somebody who was um whose husband asked her to wear purda in somewhere in the states uh-huh. and loved it for the same reason oh, and yeah. i think it's sort of like this interesting thing right because you can either choose and it really just it's almost like personality like you can choose to be like f you i am mm-hmm. going to use my looks for power mm-hmm. or you could say, um, I'm going to cover things because for power. But they're mm-hmm. both kind of about power, right? Mm-hmm. Female power. Mm-hmm. Well, it's about having choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, at the end of the day, it's just about having the fucking option <laughs> to be consumed or not be consumed. Well, and I think it's because our looks are not our choice. I mean, I know you can have yeah. surgery or whatever. Like, I was having this sure. debate um, with Joe this morning. And I was saying about like, well, oh, I'm saying, oh, we were talking about somebody and I was like, somebody we know. And I was like, but there's somebody for everybody. Like, yeah, there's we, a lid for every pot. Right? Like, I mean, like we found each other and he was like, you make it sound like like we like are so. And I was like, no, but like, you know, and I was like, I'm not like conventionally pretty or whatever. And he was like, you know what? Like, that's actually really not a that's actually it's like a, not a thing. Yes. And he yeah. was like, that's first of all, not a thing, but also like, don't be so like, don't be so, um, I don't remember the word he used was. The thing about it is like, you will always, there are many people who do not fit that. Like, I'm still slim, hmm. you know, like, like, there, you know, like, I think that the point is that, that you can't be so, it's like, Jillian Anderson saying she doesn't like racist <laughs> comments. Like it's still like you know, it's like the same thing for me to be like I'm so weak willed. Be- I know exactly. I'm conventionally beautiful, and he's like, oh, shut up. Like, come on, Seema. And I think it's a, it's that I actually think what it is is he said, you know, the thing is that some people will play the game, and like you know, you mm. you might not be like blonde and blue eyed and you know big titted, but is that a word, big titted? I don't know. But That's enough. Um. 
but you chose to perform for masculinity mm-hmm. right and like that's part of it like you can't like discount that and i was like yeah i guess that's true all right you're right <laughs> well it's just like and that's i think that's where it always becomes like a kind of uh it's almost like a chicken and an egg thing right it's like mm-hmm. am i in mm-hmm. taking power back in this particular context am i just playing into what is wanted from me, which is a yes. participation in the system. Yes. Or is there actually any way to find liberation through that? Yes, that's so true. And it's it's sometimes hard to say. Sometimes the same act can feel like both of those things, depending on which context you're in. I just think that like if I can do anything with my life and my educational like online content, it's to just make people understand that more than one thing can be true at any given time. That is so true. That is so true. <laughs> like, and that's multiple perspectives, multiple understandings, multiple realities. Like it, it all exists at once. That is so true. And that's a great place to end this episode. I so agree. if you love us or you know, even like us a little, feel free to recommend us to friends. That's one of the best ways you can support if, us. Even if you're indifferent. You know? <laughs> That's right. If you, if you have thought anything or heard a word of this podcast, feel free to tell a friend. If you would like um, to hate share this podcast, you are welcome to. <laughs> feel free That's to hate fine. us. That's, That's fine. Any, any form of sharing is good. Any love is good oh, luck. Um, I used to say to my kids, and not, not all attention is equal. <laughs> no. But in in this no. instance, all attention is equal. Feel free yes. to share it. Yes. Um, you can also support us. We have a Patreon, which helps us make sure that we can produce this podcast. We mm-hmm. love all of our Patreon supporters. And Patreon supporters get extra um, content that other yes. people don't. Yes. So you, more for that time on the ride where you want to listen to us. You mm-hmm. can always follow us on TikTok, artlust underscore podcast, or email us. Yes. podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we actually uh, have an email that we need to go through. Oh, we do. Excellent. We'll do that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can find me, Seema, at Artlust, A-R-T-L-U-S-D. And you could find me, my, me, Sophie, the other person, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Darkroom Varmint, uh, V-A-R-M-I-N-T, and Instagram. If you if you want to see the more professional side of me, you can find me at Sophie Chalk Studio. Um, thanks for playing and hanging out and listening and hopefully participating by rating reviewing and subscribing please we would really love some actual uh reviews again because we haven't had some in a while and uh we uh, need your help so and you know what we would do if you review us next episode we'll read we'll read some give out. you a shout out oh we'll yeah give you a shout out yeah, in a future yeah. episode let's do it all right all right bye gang we did good on time there. Did we? Was it like 14 uh-huh. minutes on the spot? It was 15. Oh! Ah.